This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Listen, let's open our Bibles. Y'all bring a Bible with you, or maybe you got a device that you're using there. Third uh, John, let's see, is that where I want to go? Yeah, Third John, the third epistle of John. And uh, be sure and get your Bibles or whatever it is that you're using here, because uh, thank God it's the... Uh, It's the Word of God that makes all the difference. Amen. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for our time together in the Word this evening. Thank you for these precious people, Father. You said in your Word, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So we just want to thank you, Father, for this opportunity we have together this evening. I thank you, Father God, for your incorruptible seed, the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father God, that as it finds lodging within our hearts, that it'll produce incredible results, supernatural. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Notice here in our text, Third John, the epistle of John here, Third John. Um, verse 1, it says, The elders uh, unto the well-beloved Gaius, of whom I love in the truth, notice verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Keep that thought in your mind. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, even as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Now, as you know, um, this past year has been a very interesting one. And a lot of ups and downs and a lot of upheaval and instability and this and that and uncertainty and so on and so forth. But thank God. Praise God. His word is always eternally true. And one of the things that we talked about in the beginning of the year, one of the goals that we had or the vision that we had for the congregation was to be rooted and grounded and become established in him. Praise God. Or in the word of God. Because I tell you, in these last days, you're going to need to know who you are in him what it is he's done for you, the victory he's provided, and praise God that he is that place of safety and refuge for us in the time of trouble. Did you know the Bible says he'll be with you in the time of trouble? Glory to God. So anyway, we talked about that, about being rooted and grounded, establishing the truth. In other words, growing spiritually as a believer. How many of you want to grow? Well, let me ask you a question. You know, how do you know when we're making any progress? You know, I mean, in other words, you know, I can drive a stake in the ground, I can walk from here over to my wife, and I can turn around and say, yep, I'm, I've made some distance. Sometimes when, it, when we look at growing spiritually or, you know, are we becoming more rooted or grounded in Him or those types of questions, sometimes it's not as uh, tangible. And so I just wanted to uh, talk with you a little bit about that this evening because one of the ways that we can tell if we're increasing in, in our spiritual development is whether or not we are, in fact, practicing or making an application of God's living word in our lives. Would you agree with that? In other words, if I didn't do the word and all of a sudden I started doing the word, I'd be making progress, wouldn't I? So then we kind of have to identify what some of those areas might be, be within our lives. But here's a couple of things that God said just to kind of stir you up here a little bit. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, and you don't have to necessarily turn there, but this is what God said. 
He said this, he said, it shall come to pass. Now, we all agree, and I'm amongst my own here tonight, and so we know that whatever God says, we can go to the bank on, right? But he made this statement. He said, it will come to pass. Now that, and what's significant about that is, is especially within the culture and society that we're living in, you know, we're so fast food. We can't wait 10 minutes. I'll pull into a, 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 you know, Mickey D's, and if there's a line of 10 cars, I'm parking and going inside because I am sure I can beat that line. Now that doesn't always happen because they're preferring that line more so than they are in the walk-ins. But my point is, is that we can be very impatient. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's a few people nodding their head and the rest of you just kind of, okay. Well, my point being is, is that, you know, when it comes to our relationship with God, it's a process. You know, when I first got saved, I didn't know anything about God. You know, he came into my heart, he made me, you know, I made him the Lord of my life, and all of a sudden he began to teach me. He began to show me things that I'd never seen before, didn't know anything about. You know, I had my own experience in the rearview mirror, you know, and all of that about God and what I thought about him and things, and it was so wrong. I mean, it really was. I mean, it was clueless. How many of you were clueless? How many of you don't want to admit it? Well, anyway, most of us are clueless. And so, the, so it's a process you know, getting acquainted with God. And the way that that happens is through the word of God. Now, the, the thing is, we have an adversary, the devil, who comes about, walks about, roams about, you know, seeking whom he may devour. And you know, the reality is the only weapon that he has is lying, deception, to tell you a non-truth. Jesus said, there is no truth in him that he is the father of lies. And so he intends in every way possible to try to thwart the production of God's word in your life by telling you something that is not true. Well, thank God, praise God, we've learned his devices. We're not ignorant of them. And thank God we don't have to listen to him, amen? So, so again, you know, uh, if we're increasing in the application or the usage or the exercise of God's word in our lives, then I'd like to suggest to you that we are making progress. But God said that it will come to pass, that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, why don't you just turn there because I know you want to know. Well, it's up there. It shall come to pass. Well, I tell you what, that Kathy is Johnny on the spot, okay? Look at it. Think about what's being said. Don't just like, okay, yeah, I've read Deuteronomy 1 already. I already know 28, 1. I know what it says. Listen to what it's saying. Now, it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Everybody say, I like that idea. idea. Yeah, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So the key to success, the key to advancement, the key to blessing, however you want to define it, is in our obedience to him and what he said. It shall come to pass. But here again, let me um, warn you, if that's the right way to put it, 
is when we first start out on this journey, like I said, the, the adversary of our soul is going to do everything he can to try to tell you that what God has promised isn't true or doesn't work or you might as well go live your life and do whatever it is you want to do because after all, nothing is changing. But that's what faith is. Faith is simply trusting or believing in what it is that God has promised. Come on now. And then as we practice it within our lives, then God begins to fulfill what it is that he's promised. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? You know, we're singing tonight about God's faithfulness, and he is so faithful. I tell you what, praise God. You know, I mean, it's like one minister said, you know, God doesn't pay up every Friday, sometimes not every month or even a year, but sooner or later, payday's coming. And it's a wonderful thing to experience. Now, he, he also made this statement that, that, that couples together with this verse that we just got in reading. He said this in, in Isaiah 1 and 19, if, everybody say if, if, don't have to, but if you're willing and obedient, you will eat what? Rocks. No, the good of the land. You'll eat the good of the land. Now, again, I appeal to you. Do you think that God, you know, tells lies? Do you think that he'll make good on what he said? So in the one verse that we read, it says if you, you obey him and walk in his ways, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. This verse of scripture says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So it ought to be the expectation. Everybody say expectation. It should be the expectation of every human being who knows and loves God, praise God, to be able to experience eating the good of the land. Amen. In other words, to have your needs met, to have the things of su supply that you have to have to, you know, uh, take care of your children, to provide for them, and different things. Like that. When there's deficiency, when there's lack, when, 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 when things aren't meeting up, that's not the will of God. Because he said that if we'd be willing and obedient, we would eat the what? The good of the land. Now, another verse of Scripture that couples together with these that I've read to you is 2 Chronicles 20.20. When Jehoshaphat was talking to the nation of Israel and Judah, actually, the inhabitants of Judah, he said, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be, what's that word? Established. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. What's that mean? Believe what it is that God has said and you'll be established. Then it goes on to say, believe also his prophets, hallelujah, and you will, what's the word? Prosper. 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 So we are hearing a little bit of what it is that God says that when we obey him, that this is going to be the result. Now again, we have an adversary of our soul that does what it can to try to thwart, but as long as you keep him in the realm of faith and in the word of God that is truth, you'll whoop him every time. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to make sure we do. And so, <clears throat> again, we're asking the question, you know, how do I know if I'm really growing or not? I mean, am, am I making any progress here? Well, depending on your circumstance, you know, if you are a person maybe that, you know, has a short fuse and you can fly off the handle pretty easy, but all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to overcome anger or maybe being judgmental. 
You find yourself, you know, going down that path. You go, no, 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 wait a minute. This is not my circus and not my monkeys. So I'm out. In other words, you know, you're beginning to think about your own thought life and what it is that you're willing to entertain and what you aren't. Are you with me? That's progress. Huh? Why? Because all those things do is create consternation. They create problems within our lives. They cause us to be engaged in things that we were never intended to have to be involved in. But you know, the devil will come along, he'll lie to somebody and say, did you, I wouldn't take that if I were you. Do you see what that is? What they did? Blah, 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 blah. You know, well, if you don't handle that correctly, well, then you're going to have uh, problems. Are you listening to me? Thank God greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Amen? So it might be that. It could be emotional stability. You know, some people, you know, I mean, especially in the past year and a half, I mean, their world's really been rocked to where emotionally speaking like right now is just, I don't know if I was reading the article or if I heard it, you know, people don't want to take their masks off. You know, they're freaked out about taking their masks off, you know, and uh, it's like, and, and you think about these kids that are smaller, you know, that have maybe, I don't know what it would be, three, four, maybe five years old, that, I mean, as a matter of recollection, this is all they've known, and then they're growing up, you know, and, and I mean, it's pitiful, it's really what it is, but it's real, you know, people are having to deal, you know, you got people that are germophobic, I mean, my God, there's, there's you know, I mean, if they knew half of what it is that they think they know, or I, let me say that a different way, if they knew half of what it is that's out there, they'd probably never come out of their house, and some people don't. But it can become, it can be almost a self-fulfilling, you know, kind of prophetic thing. And pretty soon, dude, they're a recluse, you know. So now you got people, even though they can, they don't want to take it off. To me, that's unhealthy. Are you listening to me? Especially in light of a lot, a lot of different things. So, again, overcoming, you know, the emotional um, instability to becoming stable resisting the temptation of fear people have been put in a box in the last 15 months all of which has been designed to control and to condition and they've used fear to do it okay you know so what do you have to do well you need to know the truth praise god and you need to say no more of this are you listening to me because there's no need all right and then, uh, you know, but there again, people are, well, no, wait a minute, what about, you know, this and that and the other? Well, what about it, you know? And I could, I could go on for a long, long time along this line, but I'm just going to leave all that up to you. Hallelujah. Thank God we've been set free. Changing behavior and practice. We're talking about things that we can look at that have, that make us to know that we're making progress. Changing behavior and practice in relationships, you know? In other words, um, you know, you make certain decisions about relationships that you have with people that you're, you're not going to shun them, but you're going to love them. Huh? You know, what would love do? You know, and then you make that determination. To me, that's progress. Are, are we all on the same page here? Okay. You know, uh, another thing we could talk about is getting our mind renewed to the Word of God. Am I making progress? Well, are you renewing your mind? See, the Bible tells us, in other words, I'm talking about changing the way you think, okay? What do I want you to think like? I want you to think in line of what God says. Hallelujah. You know that you're an overcomer, 
that the greater one indwells you. Praise God that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. You know, instead of listening to I can, I can, I can, I can't, then we're going to change and we're going to say I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. Why are you listening to me? I don't know how, but I can. Why? Because he said so. And then we go to seek and discover and find out how that functions within our lives. Now, our text here in John, or 3 John uh, verse 2 said, Beloved, I wish, now again, John is writing, but he's writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Bible is God speaking to us. Is that right? So he said, I wish, I pray, some of your translations will say, some of them will say, I desire. So I wish, pray, or desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health. So he's talking about physical prosperity or well-being, and he's talking about material prosperity or well-being. Is he not? Okay. So, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, that you would be in health. Now, notice, even as your soul prospers. And that is so fundamentally key to what's going to happen within our lives as believers. And I'll explain that and unpack that a little bit better as we go. But you'll notice that your physical and mental prosperity is dependent upon your spiritual prosperity. Or I could say it this way, you know, how, how you think about things. I don't know about you, but I am so glad I ran into Jesus. Okay? Because the way I thought was just not good on a lot of different levels. And so he had, a, he had to do a lot of changing where my thinking was concerned. But praise God, his living word, the washing of the water of the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, it, it, it would behoove you if you can, sometimes there's apps and different things that you can get. You know, you're going down the road, man, turn the word on. Turn the New Testament on. Listen to the Bible, praise God, and let God speak to your heart about some different things. Because, you know, <clears throat> a, a great example of that, you know, in, in the world in which we live is healthy and unhealthy thoughts. You know, there are a lot of folk out there that have some super unhealthy thinking that's going on. Now, they did, it didn't just happen, but, you know, it gets fed, you know, and supported Maybe there's a tendency or a leaning towards this, that, or the other. There's so much hatred in the world right now. And it's been, it's been stoked, you know, and fanned into a flame. And people have bit on it, and they have taken off. And we see, you know, this visceral kind of anger and, and hatred that's going on in the world today. And it's because of what they think about. Now, they get help, the devil you know, does everything that he can, you know, to try to uh, create these kinds of things. But my point to that is it doesn't have to be that way with you or me, okay? They can do what they want, but you and I don't have to do that. But many today, they, un they entertain unhealthy thoughts, which leads to unhealthy behavior, okay? If you think about things long enough, you know, um, some, some ugly things can happen. That's why, you know, when, when Solomon was writing in chapter 4 of the book of Proverbs in 23, he said, keep, the King James uses the word keep. Uh, some of your Bible translations will say guard, you know. So keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. 
You have to guard it. And you're the, you're the gatekeeper and you have every right. You know, see, what's happening today in the cancel culture is, is that you can't think for yourself, or at least they're telling you that. And, and you have to think like us because we're right. Well, the fact of the matter is they're not right. They're absolutely deceived by the God of this world. Totally. So if I'm going to guard my heart or keep my heart with all diligence and someone comes against me, you know, in, in some form of trying to get me to think their way when I know that what they're thinking is not true, then I have to resist that. I'm not, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm not trying to uh, be adversarial or anything like that. I'm just saying, no, I don't agree with that. And I have that right as a free moral agent to do that. But the world in which we're living is making an attempt. And the other thing you need to know about that is, is there is a small percentage out there. Maybe it's a growing number, but it is a small percentage of the, of the grand scheme of things as far as people being sensible and having a brain. But that's not what you hear about. The media takes anything that will create drama because it sells, and they'll use it. So don't apologize for being a child of God or believe in the Word of God and not believe in what it is that they're saying. Are you with me? Are you okay with that? Okay, good. Well, at least I'm talking to the right crew. Praise God. Now, notice with me, if you would, um, back in our text in, in 3 John 2, um, verse 3 and 4, notice what John says here. He said, uh, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in you, even as you walk. Everybody say walk. Yeah, you walk in the truth. That means, that means a, a manner of life or conduct. He said you're walking in the what? Truth. Okay? No, I have no greater joy than that to hear that my children are walking in the truth, walking in the truth of God's word. Now, let's look at another verse of Scripture in Exodus. We're talking about his word, okay? We're talking about, you know, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers, okay? And notice here in uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Now, again, God is speaking, and he makes a statement to us. If... Everybody say if. Yeah. If you diligently heed or listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. In other words, be a doer of the word. I will put or allow, actually, none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals or who heals you. So he's talking about physical well-being, isn't he? Huh? He said, again, if you'll just diligently listen, I won't allow this stuff to come on you, for I am the Lord that heals you. And then there's the physical aspect of our, our well-being, as, as we see here. And then here's another verse of Scripture, in Deuteronomy 28. He said, blessed shall you be, or, or I'm sorry, blessed shall be your basket, this is in verse 5 and 6, and your kneading bowl, uh, is that what it says? Store, okay. Blessed shall your basket and your store, blessed will you be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. So it seems to suggest, and the reason I'm bringing this up, 
you know, maybe, maybe you're not following my thinking and maybe I haven't explained it quite well enough here. But notice again, l- let's look at it in this light. John said, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper. That's, okay, material benefit or well-being and be in health. That's your physical well-being and prosperity as your soul prospers, okay? That's his desire. So when we read this scripture in Exodus, it's dealing with the physical thing that he said that he would provide for us. Notice again what it says. He said, if you uh, uh, diligently uh, heed and listen to the word of God, keep his commandments, none of these diseases will come upon you. And then he said, blessed shall be your basket and your store, and you'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. So there's the material aspect of it. You know, there's another place that says, so shall your barns be filled with plenty. So the reason I want to use these scriptures and, and, and help you with them, you need to get them down on the inside of you so you can settle regarding the will of God for your personal life. Now, someone well-meaning will come along and says, well, are you trying to tell me that God will make everybody rich? Well, I'm saying that he said that whatever you set your hand to, he would cause it to prosper. He did say that he would give you a full supply. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. But we get all weirded out especially in religious circles about some of these things. And we just don't settle within our own heart about what God said. He said, if you'll obey me and you'll follow me and you'll walk in my word and do that which is right in my sight, I'll bless you. Huh? He said, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. So there should and certainly can be an expectation within our lives that those things would happen. Why? Because you're his child. He said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. He said, only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Because we're his children. It ought to be the expectation of the child of God. Amen? When my kids were growing up and they came in the house and they maybe been to school or whatever the case might be, they didn't think one thing about when they hit the door to go directly to my refrigerator and confiscate anything and everything that they could find. Huh? Unless mama was in the uh, kitchen saying, no, not that. Why? Because they live there. This is their home. This is the place of supply for them. And they thought nothing of it. Are you listening to me? Well, praise God, you're a part of the family of God. You're his child. And I tell you what, praise God, he'll make a way where there is no way. He'll provide what is needed for whatever it is that you're doing if you'll just trust him. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So again, shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So he said, again, beloved, my, my desire is that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. But again, there's a correlation between what happens materially huh, and physically to what happens here and here. Isn't that right? 
So sometimes you got to fight off a few devils. Glory to God. Listen to this scripture. This, is, this, this complements the very thing. In Ephesians 6 and verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So the commandment that God gives to kids is obey your parents, right? Now, he said, if you'll diligently listen and do, then all these blessings and all these things will come on you and overtake you. But notice what's said in these verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, notice what it goes on to say. It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with, what's that word? Promise. What's the promise, Lord? That it may be well with you and that you'll live long on the earth. Material blessing and physical blessing. That, you, that it may be well with you. You know, I didn't use or I didn't think about the scripture till now while I'm preaching to you, but in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 29, you hear the heart of God. He says, oh, that's, that there, were, there was such a heart in them that they would fear my name so that it might be well. Let's look at that verse of Scripture together. I want you to read it out of your own Bible. Um, <clears throat> what, where did I tell you it is? Deuteronomy 5 and 29. Look at this. You can just hear the heart of God and, and really his pleading with what it is he wants to do in people's lives. Now, you may be sitting there and you say, well, that's not the way I learned that. Or, you know, I was brought up to believe this. Or I was that or whatever, you know, the case might be. I get that. I totally get that. Because I went through the whole process myself. We come from our, our, our point of reference, from our background, our upbringing, or whatever it is that we think. And so when we're introduced to something different, you know, then all of a sudden we start, you know, processing. And, and that's not bad. The fact of the matter is, is you need to go through the process so that you can settle. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, somebody prayed for me that I'd be filled with the Spirit and speak with other tongues. Well, my, the manifestation of my speaking with other tongues was <laughs> pretty lame, okay? And they go, hey, you got it, man. We asked God, and you're, you're in. Well, you know, the thing of it is, really, I didn't have faith to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I mean, for myself. They had it. I didn't. So what I had to do is, I, you know, I just had to ask myself the question, well, who's right about this? I mean, it is in the Bible. So what I did is I just scoured the New Testament. I took three days and studied the Bible with regard to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And praise God, I came to the final conclusion that this, in fact, is something subsequent to being saved. And it's for every believer. And I've been speaking with other tongues ever since. All right? But so, so the process is not wrong. But, but you do have to push yourself down that road far enough to decide or get settled on what it is that God's Word says. Are you all with me? Okay? And it's not enough for somebody else to have this revelation. You've got to get it on your own. The same Holy Ghost that's in me is in you. And He can speak to you. He can talk to you. And He can guide you and He can reveal these truths to you. Hallelujah. So notice again in this one where it says honor your father and mother because it comes with a promise that number one, it will be well with you. In other words, your life will go in a positive direction and you'll live long on the earth. I can't tell you how many of my friends are no longer living on the earth. They've died prematurely. 
because a lot of different things. I mean, you know, you can look at this, you know, but notice, notice here what obeying God and his word will do for a young person. Any of you ever disagree with your parents? Huh? Any of you ever turn up your nose and maybe say some things you shouldn't say and then have repercussions, you know, all that? Sure. Why? Because we think we know everything, especially when they become, you know, teenagers. Lord Jesus, you know, glory to God. You know, you can't tell them anything. Well, hopefully they're smart enough to understand the word of God's true no matter what age you are. Amen. Now look with me in Psalm 1. Let's look at Psalm 1 together. Is this helping everybody? Look what it says here in Psalm 1. <clears throat> What's the first word in Psalm 1? Huh? Blessed. Blessed. You do know the difference between being blessed and not blessed, right? Okay. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't take your lead from the world. Huh? So blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. That's kind of an interesting progression, isn't it? It says the person walks, stands, and then parks. Blessed is the man who doesn't do that. I mean, in this company. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Thank God for his word. Huh? It says, it describes this person that makes the word his delight, glory to God, and, um, and in it does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, glory to God, that brings forth fruit in his season. Remember that statement. <clears throat> his leaf also shall uh, not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall what? Prosper. So again, here again, we're finding that the person who makes the word is delight, the person who decides he's going to obey God, the person who decides he's going to be a follower of Jesus, it shall come to pass that all these blessings shall come on them and overtake them. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so notice in this particular verse, and this is kind of a side thought that I, I talked uh, a little bit about earlier. Notice it says that he will, verse uh, 3, bring forth fruit in his season. That is so important. So important. And the reason I say that, you know, um, and I, I alluded to it earlier, you know, it takes time for things to develop in our lives. Sometimes we've got these huge strongholds, these walled emotional cities that have to be tore down by the power of God. Are you listening to me? You know, and, and, and so praise God. He said, is not my word like a hammer that shatters a rock? Sometimes, praise God, you just got to get started and get to going and start beating on it. Are you listening to me? So it takes time. He will bring forth his fruit. She will bring forth her fruit in their season. Okay? You say, yeah, but I'm kind of tired of waiting. Well, <laughs> hustle up then. That's all I can tell you. You know, because the thing of it is, is that 
you know, everything in our life, I think about like with Joan and I, and if you're younger, it's a little bit harder, I think, to get this kind of perspective. But I think, you know, now after some 40 years of ministry and different things of that nature and having gone down the path, and I look back and I see the things that, you know, were going on. I mean, if God gave us what we have today when we were 21 and 22 years old, it would have ate our lunch, okay? We weren't prepared for that, you know? I mean, we had, we had righteous and, and uh, you know, godly ambitions and things like that. But I tell you what, you need to grow a little bit. You know, when my kids were learning how to hunt, I took a 410 single-shot shotgun, put it in their hands, and let them carry it without a bullet in the chamber. Why? Because I didn't want to get shot. <laughs> because that gun represents power. It represents you could say, and authority. So I'm going to watch that boy, and I'm going to make sure that he's got the barrel in the air and that he's not, you know, putting it over his shoulder and going, doing these numbers, you know, and pointing the thing at everybody. And, you know, how is he handling what it is that he's been entrusted with? And then after a while, when we see that he's doing what he is, that he's conscious and staying conscious, we went to a, on a bird hunt, a, a quail hunt, and we had a, a guide. Um, he, had put, he had placed the birds out there, you know, and there was a group of us. And he stood in the middle. He had a couple dogs, you know. And before we got started, he, we had a lengthy and very serious conversation about how we were going to hunt and that shots could only be taken between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Why? Because there are people on your sides. And not to mention the fact when it came to his dogs, he had one guy shot his dog, killed his dog, you know, because he was a goofball, you know. And um, so we went through all of this, and he said, and the thing you need to know is I will be watching you. And sure enough, you know, we'd be get to, we'd walking down the and he'd point somebody out, and he'd say, hey, Ken, get your gun up, or, you know, whatever the case might be. Well, I can appreciate that. Why? Because it keeps me safe. Are you with me? So when it comes to our personal lives, as much as we think, well, you know, by golly, I'm ready, I've been ready, I've been ready, I've been ready. Well, maybe you are, maybe you're not, you know? Are you with me? Now, don't let the devil tell you, well, you're never going to be ready, you know, or something like that. But you understand the concept in which I'm uh, speaking, that it takes time for things to develop within our lives. It doesn't happen all at once. There's planning, there's preparation, there's positioning. You know, a lot of people, they want things to just happen in their lives, but they don't position themselves for it. You know what I mean by that? In other words, even though you're not there and it's not happening, ask yourself what you can do now. What do I need to be doing now so that when it is, you know, when, you know I'll be in a position to benefit from that. Are you with me? I remember... Uh, uh, an individual that was talking about his father during the depression. And he was talking about his father was buying new cars during the depression. And the reason was, is because he didn't spend everything that he had. He saved what he could and so on and so forth. And so he had a supply. And then the depression hit. And you know, when the depression hit, you could buy stuff for almost nothing. And so he's buying brand new cars for almost nothing. Why? Because he's positioned to be able to do it. Are you with me? You know, people right now, I mean, the government's giving them money, and man, they're spending money like it's going out of style. How many are rat-holing? 
some of that stuff? Yeah, probably not many. Why? Because, man, we're just going to get it handed out. No, we're not. I said, no, we're not. No, we're not. This, this gravy train, praise God, is coming to an end. I don't know if you can say praise God about it, but, you know. So, so what do you say? Oh, my God, he says it's coming to an end. I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't have to do that. Get yourself in a position. Do some planning. Do some preparations. Position yourself so that when all that goes sideways, you can say, well, we're good. Praise God. Come on, be wise. You don't have to be afraid. Be wise. And then praise God, you know, you'll be all right because he'll take care of you. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes my wife and I first got married. We bought this place. It's an old farmstead. And her folks, our mom and dad, helped us, you know, be able to get into this thing. And we had two contracts. And I thought, my God, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. I'm going to get buried. Because I didn't even, you know, I'm 21. I don't know nothing about borrowing money. And we just went out and borrowed $40,000. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, it's the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? And, and I can remember her dad come out one time. He said, listen, you need to, you need to uh, build a windbreak. You know, we're out on this knob, you know, wind blowing out of the north, 40 mile an hour, and the windows were junk and all this. And, and uh, you know, I'm not thinking about a wind break. There ain't no planning going on. I ain't looking into the future about nothing, and I ain't preparing nothing. I'm just kind of glad. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to live, you know. And he says, you need, to build, you need to go ahead and plant a wind break. And he said, I'll tell you what. He says, I'll buy the trees if you'll plant them. Well, I said, you know, that's a good deal. Okay, yeah, sure, all right. And, you know, 18 foot apart, stagger them. We'll put them, you know, in there and hallelujah. So he comes with his truck. He's got all these trees. And I open up the tailgate. You know, well, at first I looked at his truck and didn't see anything. I open up the tailgate and all these trees are in the back of his truck and they're about this tall. I'm thinking, my God, that ain't going to stop nothing. <laughs> but sure enough, I'm out there and I plant them. And, you know, and then when you look at it in, in the landscape, you look at it and go, yeah, that's going to stop a whole bunch of things. But 10 years later, it was stopping the north wind and the snowballs. And my kids had the benefit of playing on all the drifts that they created. Are you listening to me? So, you know, you have to think about that with your own lives. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to see happen? How are you going to get there? What are you going to do? You say, well, I ain't got time to think about all that. Well, then just do what you do. But you don't want to do that. You want to sit down and think about it. Are you with me? You know? I said, are you with me? Okay. I'm not sure you're with me or not. But anyway, we're talking. So, and, and so here's the thing. You have to plant the seed you know, we, we drive by and we see somebody else's place. Well, you know, at some point in their life, they decided they were going to do some things and plant some stuff and make it look the way that it does. The scripture says this, prepare your outside work, make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterwards build your house. Most people in culture today, they got that backwards. I want it now. I ain't worrying about nothing else. That's not the way it works. You still glad you came? Okay, the uh, English standard says, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. Huh? 
Glory to God. Amen. Take things, take care of the things that generate income, and then you can play. And play you should. You know, I think everybody say playing's okay. Playing is okay. It's actually quite nice. You know, when we were in Israel, we watched the, we were in a hotel and they were having a wedding there. And you talk about play. You know, Jews know how to party. And, you know, as a matter of fact, they were, there was a big deal going on because uh, in New York, they weren't going to let them dance. Dude, that's a part of their, that's who they are. I mean, when somebody gets married, listen, they celebrate. And they, you know, you know, whatever it is and however it is they do it. Are you listening to me? So it's all right to play, but praise God, you know, first we've got to build, you know, and take care of the things that are um, uh, generating blessing in our lives. Remember, we're talking about growing up spiritually. How are we doing so far? We're talking about growing. God wants you to grow. He wants you to be blessed. Hallelujah. Isaiah 119, I mentioned it earlier in the scripture or in the uh, message that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the what? The good of the land. I remember Brother Hagin, now we're going to kind of go off on a little bit different side thought here, but, you know, Wednesday nights are meat and potatoes, man, so we're just going to, you know, talk about some stuff where the rubber meets the road, but uh, my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagin, uh, pastored for nearly 12 years, and he felt like in his heart that God was trying to get his attention, do something different. He was in a pastorate, he was doing well, being well cared for and things, but something just wasn't quite right. And so he sought to pray and ask God what it is that was going on. And essentially he discovered that he wasn't called to be a pastor, he was called in field ministry. Actually, eventually became a prophet and some different things of that nature, but he was a teacher to begin with. And so anyway, uh, he obeyed this call. He resigned from this place that he was being well cared for and everything. Well, after a year of being on what we call in the field, on the road, however you want to call it, you know, he started doing the math and he discovered that he was not doing well financially. And he was using this scripture, Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And he, so he, you know, he'd present his case. He's fasting and praying. Like I said, man, when you got a need, you'll, you'll get down to praying, you know. And so he's, he's seeking God. He's looking to the Lord. He said, God, you know, I did what you said. You said if you're willing and obedient, you need to go to the land. And, you know, I just discovered after a year I got $1,200 less than what I got when I was pastoring this church. Not to mention, in fact, I got all my bills and I have a house that I have to rent and this and that and the other. That was all provided for me. And so basically his income was cut in half when he went out on the road. So he's praying. And the Lord speaks to him and he says, well, the problem is you don't qualify. He says, what are you talking about? I don't qualify. I did what you said. I'm out here doing what you want to do. He says, yeah. He says, you were obedient, but you weren't willing. And you know how it is. I mean, you can drag your feet when it comes to the will of God. Huh? Sure enough, you can. You know, sometimes some of the things that we're asked to do, it's not easy, you know. And matter of fact, Aretha tells a story where she was home alone, taking care of the kids, raising them by herself. And she was grumbling to the Lord because she was there and meager means. They didn't have, hardly have anything, this and that and the other. And she happened to be ironing one day in one of the rooms. And, and the Lord spoke to her and said, I could take him where you'd never see him again. And she hit the floor and repented and said, oh, God, I'll never, I'll never complain. I'll never say anything bad about it anymore. Yeah, it's pretty tight, but it's right, you know. Well, they started uh, going up and never stopped until they went to heaven. Amen. 
But he said, you got to be willing. And the other thing he said was, is he said, as soon as I heard that, he said, it, he said don't, take me, don't tell me it takes very long to get willing. He said, because in about 10 seconds, I made a little adjustment on the inside of me. I said, okay, God, I'm willing. You know I'm willing. The devil knows I'm willing. And praise God, then I'm ready to eat to go to the land. And he said, so you, so you will or so you shall. And then all of a sudden things started changing. Isn't that funny? How that something on, in our heart can be the roadblock to the blessing that's in our lives. Do you understand where I'm coming from? That's why, praise God, we need to keep our motives pure before God. And you got to listen to me, you guys. I'm telling you, there's stuff that goes on in people's lives, but you don't know the whole story. Are you with me? Now, some things we don't know, and uh, if God sees fit, you know, people say, well, why did this happen to so-and-so? And, that, you know, they'll make reference to an incident or something that happened within a person's life. Or they'll say, you know, things like, well, you know that faith business, health, and long life, that don't work. Well, the fact of the matter is it does work. Now, what we're doing is we're judging what God has said on the basis of our experience or what we've seen happen in somebody else's life. And most of the time, we don't know the whole story. I said, I've said this before, using an example, we had a couple in our church, they had three kids, they go to Kansas City for the weekend, and something happens, we don't know, he ends up uh, having an accident, kills one of the kids, you know? Well, that's certainly a long life, will I satisfy you in showing you my salvation? And I tell you what, as a young minister, I mean, I was in my 20s when that happened, you know, that, that rocked my world. Because I thought, praise God, we're a full gospel, you know, spirit-filled Bible-believing church, this shouldn't be happening. And to this day, I don't know anything about it, and it's none of my business. If he sees fit to tell me, then praise God. If not, I'm going on about my merry way. But it was difficult uh, to, to understand, you know. Some things you just have to leave with the Lord, you know. Am I in the right house? You know. When, 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 uh, when God... Uh, spoke to Samuel about choosing the next king when Saul had fouled everything up and whatnot. He went to Jesse's house. The Bible says, the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance, and this would have been the firstborn, the eldest of that group. He said, don't look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. And it goes on to say, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So there's a lot of things that happen, a lot of things that go on or doesn't go on because of things that are in people's hearts. And we just need to understand that. It's not something I think that a lot of people want to talk about, but you know, um, the, the truth is, is that in some people's lives, y'all glad you still came? In some people's lives, there's things that need to be dealt with and, and they, they don't get dealt with. Okay, it's not that they're, they're bad or God's bad or anything like that, but it just is that way. You know, when we take communion, when Paul was writing about communion, he said, you know, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord. Why? So that we won't end up being condemned with the world. And there's a lot that could be said about that in the context of those scriptures, but I don't have time to unpack that. I think about this in the context, I'm talking about over 40, 50 years, not quite 50 on the ministry side of things. But you know, 
people in our congregation, some of which have died prematurely for various reasons. And I don't want you to get the impression, you know, that when I'm talking about this, because they, did, they died because there was some overt sin or something of that nature. There are a lot of different reasons why. My brother, he passed away at 69. You know, he had surgery, went into the hospital, everything was going great. Doctor said the surgery went well. Well, he ended up in, in, in the hospital, and um, I, don't, I don't know too much about what ended up happening. It doesn't really matter. The reality is, is he threw a blood clot and he died. That was not the will of God. Oh, well, Ray Dog needed to live, but it didn't happen. Now, I didn't, you know, take a lengthy thing like, what am I, what, you know, what have I done wrong? Some introspective kind of thing about I must have missed it or what did Raymond do or whatever. You know, sometimes things happen as a matter of chance, you know, time and chance. You know, sometimes people end up in the wrong place, wrong time. I don't have an answer for that, but I do know what God has said. Y'all still glad you came? So when it comes to people within our church, you know, there's been different times when people have died um, uh, prematurely. And, um, 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 and some things we know, other things we don't. The things that we do know, some of it we're not at liberty to tell people. You know, I think a lot of times when I hear people talking about certain things, and myself, I say, well, if you know the whole story, you wouldn't look at it that way. But you can't because, because it impacts other people. You know, there's other people and families and things like that that are still alive. Mine's, am I in the right house? Okay. And so I guess the, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of things that go on sometimes we don't understand, but God is still eternally true and faithful to his word. And you know what? We're going to heaven someday. And you know what? When that happens, none of it's going to matter. You know? It, it, uh, uh, but, but the thing of it is, is that um, I guess I'm talking about all of this, about being willing and obedient and keeping our motives pure as believers. And, um, and sometimes, you know, if need be, we need to repent, get our heart right with God, adjustments that need to be made. Uh, I'm not people's judge. You know, uh, I don't even want to be, you know, if, if you guys want to wear this suit, I'd pass it off, you know, but uh, we're just as people, we have to keep our motives right. Are you with me? And I think that if we'll do that, we'll be blessed. I'll give you another story. Uh, there was a couple that got married in our church. Well, when they were when they were when they were courting and this was an older couple. And when they were courting, there, you know, just there was something that I just did not, couldn't put my finger on it. But something wasn't copacetic, you know what I mean? Didn't know what it was, but sure enough, we're in love, we want to get married. And so they get married. And when they do, the guy goes from Dr. Jekyll, well, maybe the other way around, Mr. Hyde, I don't know which one was the bad guy. Do you know the bad guy? Hyde, Jekyll, doesn't matter. But dude, when they got married, he changed his, he'd come in, you know, at the church, and he was all smiling and this and that and the other, you know, and acting all this and that and the other. Dude, when they got married, all of a sudden, he decided she was his slave, and she was going to do what he wanted her to do, or she was going to do what he wanted her to do. And you know what? That lasted about mm, three months, maybe two. I don't know. Big mistake. See, because not everything that 
looks right is actually right. So if you're in, if you're in the hunt for a, for a mate or a spouse, be careful. I'm just saying, you know, and their courtship wasn't very long. I mean, I've been in situations where couples want to get married, and I've, I've told them, don't, don't do this. I can think of two different occasions, and I'm the bad guy, you know. We can't change now. We already got this all planned. So you're going to make this commitment, and then you're going to have all this heartbreak and whatever sorrow in the aftermath? You with me? Why? Because there are things that just weren't good, you know? I mean, there's just stuff. I don't have time to get into the stuff, but there was just stuff. I, I just told the girl, don't do this. I can think on two separate occasions. Sure enough, they get married, lasts a while, some, um, yeah. And then they end up in divorce. We don't ever talk about these things because we just don't. But we need to. I don't know about you, but I want to eat the good of the land. And I want to make sure that I keep my heart and my motives right before God all the days of my life. I'm going to live out the full length of my days. And at some point, praise God, I'm going to take up my feet and jump in my bed, and I'm going to Jesus. Are you listening to me? But in the meantime, I still have to fly right. So I guess what I'm saying to you folks is that... <clears throat> Sometimes things will go on in people's lives and we got a lot of questions and we don't have a lot of answers. But you know, you need to always remember, I don't get this, but I'm telling you, I know God is true. And that'll carry you and that will keep you, praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, I wish I had more time. You give me five more minutes? Okay, good, I'm gonna take it. Somebody said yes, I don't remember who it was. You two gals, bless you. Here's another thought. Here's another thought. Y'all ready for one more? Okay. <laughs> you know, people, you, you'll run into people and they can have a pure heart. They're good people. You know, and, and uh, they got right motives. They're faithful to God, but they still suffer. You know, for this reason or that reason or the whatever. And, and, uh, and, and I'd like to suggest to you that where the problem lies in that is, is that You've got, I mean, you can, you, you know, God bless them. They're wonderful people. They're good people. And, and their motive and heart is right. But you have to change the way that you think. Are you, are you, are you with me? In other words, um, um, you have to learn to think in line with God's word. Some of them, they never, they never renew in their mind. They're stuck you know, someplace. God wants to do some amazing things in their lives, but they just don't get, you know. And here's the thing, you have to understand, the things of our past, they shape our thinking. You, you can't get around that. You know, uh, uh, there are people, you know, that have, uh, right now, the big deal is, you know, race and racism and all that. And I'll tell you what, people have been wounded and, and there's great pain and there's a lot of things that have been wrong. Um, uh, people that have been wrong, and, and if they don't find a way to work through it, then it becomes what we're seeing within our society and our culture today. Are you with me? You know? 
So, so when it comes to, you know, people and God's desires in their lives, you know, one of the things and keys that has to happen is, is that we have to start thinking the way that God thinks. And again, our past shapes a lot of that. And a lot of times, people's thinking is just all wrong, you know? So thank God for the local church. And thank God for the Bible. And thank God for the things, you know, that and, and, and the thing is, is, you know, something in their past, something somewhere sours their perspective. I've seen this over the years, you know. And, I, you know, I mean, Jesus made this statement. He said, you know, it's impossible for there not to be offenses. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to have a chance to be offended. If you haven't already, you haven't been living. Yeah, that's right. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? Huh? How will you manage? How will you handle it? Will you let it go? And you've got to understand the devil's not an idiot. He will target people exactly where he can inflict the most pain. But thank God again, greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. Are you with me? You, you, you tracking with me? You know? That's why, again, the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God, okay? And um, um, Dad Hagen, I mentioned to you earlier about him. He said, if your thinking's wrong, your believing will be wrong. And if your believing is wrong, then the things that you say and do will be wrong. It's just, it's the pattern, and it all depends on this and changing the way that we think. Hallelujah. So thank God he's given us, you know, his word to straighten out our thinking. Aren't you glad for that? That's why we've come tonight, you know, and some of these things. I know it's been weighty, you know. I mean, some of the things I've shared with you about. But I think it's important because, because what I don't want to have happen is, is I don't want you as a child of God to say, well, you know, I don't understand that. I mean, you know, pastor's been saying this and that and the other, and I see this going on over here or whatever the case might be. Dude, you don't know what's going on in here where people's lives are concerned. And that's what muddies up the water and causes people to want to question the scriptures that say, it will come to pass that if you diligently follow me, and walk in my ways and do that that's right in my sight. I'll bless you coming in and going out. But you got to keep your heart right. Think about Jacob. Well, I don't have time for that. Jacob, that knothead. You know, well, he had an encounter. He ran off. You know, Esau was ready to take his life. He runs off, and he has an encounter with God. And, and, he, and in that encounter, he has a watershed moment in his life. He said, God, if you will get me back to my people in this, he said, you'll be my God, and I'll give you a tenth of everything that I got. In other words, I'll start walking in the light of your word. You know, he paid 20 years of his life for two women. Wow. Seven and seven, and then another six, you know. Before it was over with, and that father-in-law of his, that crook, you know, he took everything he had from him and left the, the, the corral, baby. Hallelujah. But think about that whole thing, you know. You know, ask, got his brother's birthright and sold everything he had for a bowl of soup. And I mean, you know, come on. Jacob was a, he was a stinker. But you got things squared away. He was a person of promise. You're a person of promise. I'm a person of promise. Jesus is coming again. 
and we need to live for him. Glory to God. Amen? Well, let's everybody stand. I hope that this is something that uh, uh, helps you and blesses you. Praise God. I don't have time to... I got some more notes, but the clock. Oh, the clock. Praise God. Bow your heads with me, would you? (sighs) Father, we so thank you tonight. We talked about a lot of things, Lord. Things that are pretty, um, pretty sobering. Father, things that really get down to you know, where we live and our, our real lives. But God, I know that you have, a, <laughs> you have a plan and a destiny for every person here within the sound of my voice and even those that are watching by the internet. So Father, my heart's prayer and desire, Father, is, is that we'll take what it is we've heard, that we'll consider our lives, we'll think about where we are, recognizing, Father God, that there's a plan and purpose you have for us, that it's progressive in its nature, and that, Father God, you're willing and working both to will and to do of your own good pleasure in all of our lives. Father, I pray tonight that if there be those that are here or have listened by internet, and they recognize that there's something that's stalling their progress, an area in their lives that they're just so hard for them, Father, to let go of or to give up. God, I pray tonight that this will be a defining moment for them and they'll say, God, it's just not worth hanging on to. It's not worth holding whatever that may be to keep me from moving forward in the progress you have for me. So while every head's bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around and I'm certainly not fishing for anything. You know your own heart. But you know, if, if you're here tonight or you're watching by internet and you recognize this thing has been a roadblock and I know it, but I am making a decision tonight to take this thing down and walk in a different path. If you're here tonight or you're watching by internet, you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, life's gonna be different. Hallelujah. Can I see your hand wherever you're at? Glory to God. Thank you, ma'am. Bless you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. And there may be those of you that are again watching by internet, you know, and uh, you know, God knows everything about us, everyone. He knows everything about us. And being honest with God in the pain, in the hurt, in whatever it is that we find ourselves having to experience, Well, he wants to come and lend aid and help. Anyone else before I pray? Thank you, Jesus. God, help us to keep our hearts pure before you. Help us never to allow unforgiveness to harbor it within our hearts, Father, because of something that was said or done. And keep us, Father, from our divine destiny. And Father, we thank you so much for that. Let me lead you in this prayer, congregation. Would you pray this with me? Dear Father in heaven, I come to you tonight and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of holding on to things in my way. I release them in the name of Jesus as an act of my will. And I ask you, Lord, to help me to enjoy what it is you promised. And I thank you for it. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just keep your heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I've got a word for somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Help me to to get this right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Would you just pray with me for just a minute here? Let's, Let's make sure we get this. Hallelujah. Sephra Masaperla de Scombre Geshe Peferella Pashtanalahaya. Enderella Castende Guagle Pemvra Mananje Gerestese. Ile membre Balabano Coston Dobre Fecastisi. Enderella Pefe Kamala de Rombre Castangela Tefo Romahaya. Sendolo Bocoso in the name of Jesus. Haha. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise God. There's someone here this evening. And you know, you, you, uh, you've responded within your heart about this matter. But the problem is, is the near, it seems within my heart, it's an almost daily harassing and haranguing of, of, uh, of the issue that keeps looming and, and, and showing up. Hallelujah. And I believe the Spirit of God is just speaking to you uh, to simply say, no more of this. I will have no more of this in my life. And um, I don't know all the, the, the ramifications of it, but there, there are these influences uh, within your life uh, that it may be necessary for you to um, and I say this uh, cautiously, but but to separate yourself doesn't mean you you know uh, shut them out, but you say no more of this. I will have no more of this because it's that constant barrage that keeps you from being able to get on top of the decision that you've made here, and so. Um, Hallelujah. So let it be that way. Praise God. In other words, give yourself permission, for lack of a better way of saying it, to do whatever it takes to eliminate the influence. And you may be, you may be misunderstood. Uh, there may be those that don't like it, but... Like I said, the scripture says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So I don't know if this gives you permission or what, but obey the Holy Ghost and he'll put you over, praise God.